0: Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. Style Smart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor Podcast. It has been a minute. Oh my God, this summer has just like whizzed by and I can't even believe that I haven't published an episode in a few weeks. So I'm so sorry about that. I hope I didn't leave you hanging, but I'm back, baby, and we're rocking. And I have got a special treat for you today. I know I've kind of gotten into the habit of saying that because I feel like everyone's a special treat on the podcast, but man, Erica Cooney, also known as, or I should say better known as the burnout professor is so freaking good. I just loved this conversation with her and I know it's going to resonate with you like it did with me. There are just so many different ways that burnout can touch our lives that Honestly, I didn't even really think about until she was talking about. So I'm like over here, just like mind blown. So anyway, you're going to love this conversation. Um, So Erica is what is known as an integrative mental health therapist. Whoa. Say that again, Crystal. Integrative mental health therapist therapist, meaning she goes beyond traditional talk therapy and gets into like the biology of how we react to things and how to help ourselves. And I'm going to mess it up if I say anything else beyond that, because I am not a integrative mental health therapist. So I'm going to let her speak for herself, but I just want to let you know that, you know, you're going to love this conversation. And I think even if you're not a hairstylist and you're listening to this podcast, you're gonna get something out of it. I think at this point in time, all of us have experienced some little form of burnout or maybe warning signs of burnout that we can take some little gems from this conversation to use in our lives. So without further ado, let's just jump into that conversation with Erica. Awesome. Um, Well, I guess we'll just kind of jump in here then. And um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, Erica, because I I don't know a ton about you. I know that you're the burnout professor. And I don't know if you saw this morning, I posted a little, um, or I guess it was last night, a little snippet about like, do you know anything about burnout or trying to do a little um, poll on my audience and my husband's response. Did you see that? I did. I busted. I was gonna be funny and write back something. Well, if it's a
1: Ford Mustang, you need these wider tires in the back to do the quarter mile.
0: <laughs> well, it's so funny to me because, like, I know what burnout is. You know, in our in my industry, like, it's kind of a hot topic right now, uh, which is why I wanted to bring you on here. But I guess I I have to understand that some people don't even know what that is. And so my husband's like, "What are you talking about? Tires?" You know. <laughs>
1: It is interesting how some people don't know, you know, and then others who are I mean I think it's pretty rampant anywhere at this point in my opinion, you know, if if it's the education industry, right? Or if it's with first responders, if it's frontline workers, if it's with therapists, mental health professionals, service people, um, customer service people, and not to mention hairdressers. And I do have to take a moment and just honor your audience for a moment. And um, I've had a huge welcome from them. I was at Serious Business 2023 this year. I was one of the keynote speakers there. And it was just an amazing experience to be welcomed with open arms. And I'll be speaking actually in two weeks at the Milady um, conference, the CEA conference for the education staff. So I'm excited about that.
0: That's wonderful. I love that so much. Yeah, I feel like it's been a rising topic, I I guess probably since COVID, honestly. It was like the first time in my history as a hairstylist that I actually had time to pause and understand how I felt outside of work, you know? And I think a lot of people are there now and they're like, wait a minute, I want to kind of emulate that pause in my Mm -hmm. life. So maybe you could do us a favor and just kind of give us like a broad definition of what burnout is. And then I wanna hear about like you and how you got to be where you're at.
1: So it's not a um, easy thing to say off the bat. Like, I think people look for, like, what is burnout? And it's have it be a simple education. Um, I can say it simply, but then you're going to be like, well, I don't understand the other pieces to it, right? So simply put, it means your nervous system's been hijacked and it's been stuck in a Beyond a stress state, because there's a stress response and a trauma response. And the stress response is something that makes us want to move, want to do things, take action. And that's when we're like fidgety and anxious and we like want to get things done or we run away from things and we're like doing everything to avoid having to deal with our issue. And then The next piece is the trauma response. And that trauma response is also known as the dorsal vagal part of your nervous system. It's also known um, to be called the, um, I call it autopilot mode. And that's when you just go on autopilot because the stressors have become so overwhelming to your nervous system that you just detach and you show up, you're still doing what you need to do, but there is not a lot of connection happening, right? And you kind of have like this mentality that you want to throw the covers over your head. And you're like, I just don't want to deal with anything like just don't want to deal with it, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then also, I think what's very pertinent for what's going on in your industry is compassion fatigue and compassion fatigue is an underneath the burnout umbrella, and that is part of where you have nothing left to give. You have nothing left to give. You don't want to make another decision. And when you go home at night and you deal with your family, you have nothing left to give them because you've been so present and having to be on your A game the entire time when you have clients in your chair that when you go home, you have nothing left to give.
0: Oh my gosh. I literally, I know you can't see this through the Zoom video, but I have goosebumps right now as you're talking about this stuff. Um, I can't wait to unpack that a little bit more. But I have to say like, when you were talking about the um, disconnection, like immediately, I was triggered to remember when my daughter was a baby and we suffered in her first nine months as an infant. She was incredibly colicky, and you know you're supposed to be going through this like beautiful bonding time with your children, and I was totally burnt out. I was completely disconnected. She was struggling. I was struggling. Like that, that just like hit me. <laughs> and you know as a
1: therapist you know when I have my therapist hat I'm like yes I did my job and then as a fellow human I'm just going to hold space for you a moment and say you know thank you for sharing that with me and you know that's not an easy place to be and that takes real vulnerability to admit that out loud right and so just thank you
0: yeah yeah I'm literally I got goosebumps from head to toe when that hit me it was like uh, I've heard before that when you get chills or goosebumps with something that's like when it's true or like it's like your body's trying to tell you like ding ding you know (laughs) neon sign pay attention (laughs) exactly so i always try to honor that when i get it i'm like okay why am i having this right now (laughs) what is this response that i'm dealing with so Mm -hmm. cool um okay so we'll get back to where that takes us in the beauty industry but i want to hear like how did you come to be you mentioned you're a therapist. How did you come to be the burnout professor? Because that's your handle on social media here.
1: Yes. Um, it's an interesting journey.
0: And um, Take me on it. I want to go with
1: okay. you. Okay, This is how <laughs> it usually starts. Um, in 2014, <laughs> I was driving to work. I had a 45-minute commute, and I was working in a lockdown facility as a licensed therapist at this point. And I was thinking how tired I was. And, you know, I had an argument with my significant other in the morning and I was like jazz, not jazz, but I was energized about that, like fired up about it. And then I was also thinking how I didn't know how I was going to have the energy to go to work and take care of everything that I needed to take care of. You know, I was working in a lockdown facility, so it was intense work. And I knew I was in trouble this day because I already had coffee and I had two shots of espresso in that coffee and I couldn't dig deep and like say, okay, let's do this. We can get this together. Let's go. So I'm driving to work. It's sunny. This is what I remember the most about this day. It was sunny, not a cloud in the sky. And it was September 30th in New England. And that's like unheard of. Like those are one of the days you just capture right? And so I'm thinking to myself, maybe I can call out of work and just say I'm sick or something and figure out how I can go home, catch up on my to-do list that seems to be spiraling out of control along with the laundry in the corner that just piling up, right? And then I'm like, oh, but I could take a nap, right? But I also knew that this tired that I was feeling wasn't just going to be cured with a nap. It was this bone tired, like I called it soul tired. And then I started thinking, I wonder if I just say I got into a fender bender. Little did I know a couple moments later, a Mac dump truck merged into my lane. I had nowhere to go and I'm really blessed to be here. Um, I was in the hospital. I had emergency surgery that day. I was in the hospital for a week. I had a three month recovery period and I pretty much had to learn how to walk again because my foot was almost amputated and the doctors were able to save it. And That was probably the first time, those three months on the couch with my foot in the air trying to save the foot, right, was the first time I really ever sat still for that long of a period of time. And I was like going nuts. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I mean, I was a server. Another part of my history was I was a server. I was in the restaurant industry. So I have this mentality of you got time to lean. You got time to clean. I also come from an Italian family as well and Sicilians. And we are always doing something, especially us women. We constantly move. We're taking care of people all the time, right? So sitting on the couch, I get through that my foot's good. I can wear stilettos again. Like I'm good. Like just know that fast forward. So people aren't like getting worried
0: about that. Priorities, <laughs> priorities people. Priorities. Yes. Um,
1: But then over the next 24 months, I had a black cloud over my head that would not go away no matter what I tried. And so to give you a clue, my relationship fell apart. I had to move back home with my parents in my mid thirties with my pit bull. And, and I'm sitting on the floor that first night home thinking, how did I get here? where did it go wrong? Like I'm a therapist. I help other people figure their stuff out. How did I miss the signs and what the heck am I missing? Right. Because I had already did traditional talk therapy before I became a therapist. So I explored every nook and cranny, right. Mm -hmm. I could tell you and analyze everything as to why somebody acted the way they did and how that impacted me. But I'm going to fast forward again and say this. I did not know how it impacted me internally. Mm. I know how it impacted me through my head rationally, and I can talk it out and tell you everything up here. But in my body, it was a different story. So go back to the my life falling apart over those two years. <laughs> After I moved home with my parents, you know, I thought I was going to be able to go home two week turnaround time, find another place to live with my dog. Well, people don't like pit bulls and you're not, people just don't have welcoming arms and saying, yeah, you can come live in the apartments. I used uh, to have
0: one. I know the feeling. <laughs>
1: So, I ended up having to stay at my parents' house longer. But, however, I got fired from my job a couple of months after moving back home and my career fell apart. Now, with that being said, I was hired at this position to increase productivity, take them out of the red, bring them to the black. I increased productivity by 49% within nine months. So, I did my job. But while I was there, my male director had pulled me aside. And he had said to me at one point, Erica, you're extremely smart. You think quickly on your feet. You can come across as intimidating. I would advise you to think about how you come across. Knowing what I know now, I would have said, this is not the position for me. I think I need to leave because I don't fit in here. Back then, I was a people pleaser. I wanted people to like me. I was devastated when he said those words to me. So I started to dumb myself down. I started to play small. I kept my mouth shut when I knew I didn't want to keep my mouth shut. But more importantly, I ignored that little voice inside of me that kept saying, you don't belong here. Mm. So I get fired. Mm -hmm. Then over the next couple of months, I think it was a six, seven month period, six people or so that I knew that I was close to passed away suddenly. So it was just like, bam, 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 till I had nothing left. Like every area of my life I felt like was in ruins, right? And so I learned how to pick myself back up and learned how to regulate my nervous system because I went back to traditional talk therapy after everything fell apart. And I was like, all right, we got to figure something out here. Like, what is wrong? And it didn't work. I was getting more agitated sitting on the couch. When I say traditional talk therapy, think Freud, where you're sitting on the couch. All you do is talk about your stressors over and over and over and over again, right? And then you get diagnosed and then you might get some prescribed, some medication, right? But nothing else. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was not working for me. I was getting more agitated. Hmm. So I went randomly to a meditation class. Somebody, my mother suggested it actually. She's like, come with me. We don't meditate in my family. This is something that we do not do. And so (laughs) I looked at her and I was like, what? Meditate? And um, we went. Worst experience of my life because- (laughs) I felt like <laughs> my skin was crawling. I couldn't sit still. I can't, went over. I must have built a house in my mind while I was sitting there for the forty-five minutes to be out. <laughs> like I designed it, I decorated it, and you know, like it was just painful, right? Mm-hmm. And learned a lot through this process. But that also got me into going to this meditation class. I did go back because I was like determined to figure out how to do this. I learned about gut health. I started to learn about gut health there. I learned about essential oils and how it could help with calming of your nervous system. And then through other stuff in other parts of this journey, I went on the professional side and got certified in all these things with my license as a therapist to become an integrative mental health therapist. So I can talk about gut health now because Uh I have the certification. Like I went back to school, quote unquote, and got the certifications that I needed. I can talk about the nervous system now. I can talk about how stress and trauma really do affect the brain and the body. And it is not necessarily always a brain thing. It's a body thing. So here we are, the wow. burnout
0: professor. That is fantastic. Uh, OK, so <laughs> I want to know in your profession. So if someone comes to you as a um, patient, do you say patient or Client. Client client. Okay. Uh, Hence uh, being in the dental or wanting to be in the dental field. For me, it was a weird transition to call everyone a client and not a patient. And it still goes back. Um, Okay. So when a client comes in to see you and uh, you have a treatment protocol, what could that encompass? Is it like prescribed exercise? Like, are you essential oil protocoling? Like, I'm just really curious, like if someone came in for a whole package, what would that be? So
1: more or less, I do understand where I am and I know where my lanes are, right? I don't ever try to overstep. What I do more is I look at myself as a facilitator, right? You come to me, you tell me, you just do like the diarrhea of the mouth, right? And you just verbally diary all over me. Tell me everything that's going on, what's going wrong and where you want to be, right? And- from a integrative perspective, you start biologically, right? So I start asking questions. When's the last time you had your physical, you know, did you get your hormones checked? What's going on? Like, it just depends on the person and what they're presenting issues are. Right. But I always start biological before you go to the mindset. And then wow. I start looking at relationships. Do we need to look at boundaries and how to communicate? Do we ne- need to learn healthy communication? Right. So how do we do that? You know, and then also take a look at where you are in your community, what your work is, does it align with your values? But it's kind of, it starts as a hierarchy for me, biological Mm -hmm. first, then start looking at the individual, having them learn how to self-reflect, but first learn how to regulate their nervous system. And that nervous system regulation depends on lots of things, right? And so that nervous system regulation can come down to, do you have unhealed trauma, whether it's acute, like you had a major car accident like I did, or do you have unhealed childhood trauma? And what's interesting to me is people are like, no, I didn't have any childhood trauma. But what we know as family therapists or in what we know now more about trauma is the way our parents loved us. Like we all can feel loved, but did you feel seen? Did you feel heard? Were you valued as who you were or were you made to be shut down? And like brushed under the rug, like if you had feelings, were you just told to suck Mm -hmm. it up buttercup Mm -hmm. or were they micromanaging you everywhere? And so you felt like you had to be careful of what you did, because if you did one little thing, it would upset them. And so then you learn to not move at all. Right. And so that's trauma. But we don't we don't for the majority, the society doesn't get that's trauma because that regulate that dysregulated your nervous system, because remember, trauma is not the event it's more what happened inside your body. And remember how we started this conversation. I said there was a stress response and then the trauma response. Mm -hmm. So when you feel like you can't move, when there's all these stressors coming at you, you can't take action. You can't do something for whatever reason you go into that trauma response.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. Um, have you ever heard of, I'm sure you've heard of rolfing.
1: Have you heard of Rolfing?
0: R-O-L-F-I-N-G.
1: Is it's that... A, yeah, c- tell me more. I think I have, but tell me more before I make an idiot out of myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe space here. It's okay. You can do as you please. Um, Rolfing, to the best that I understand it, is a type of body work that can like loosen up the fascia in your connective tissues, but so there's like two schools of thought with Rolfing. There's like just the straight up like biological, like this is fascia. We loosen it up with this like weird massage thing. But there's also like kind of a um a woo-woo side of it too. And that's in the sense of like trauma being held in your body in certain ways. And so that when you like release it, you go through kind of this healing process and you can find where your where your traumas are is where your tensions are and they usually correlate with things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So have you heard of this? Yes. Yes, okay. yes. Um, You know, this reminds me of somatic experiencing,
1: which is another um, traumatic, traumatic trauma informed modality. And it is all based on the fact that a lot of the times we do have trauma stored in our body, right? That is accurate. And when we talk about that childhood trauma that I was just discussing about, right? That's a lot of the times, not all the time, but a lot of the times that's done pre-verbal So we can't access that kind of stuff and talk it out and process through talking. That's why traditional talk therapy doesn't always work. And you need to do stuff with your body. And that's why somatic experiencing came about. And also um, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, you know, he wrote The Body Keeps the Score. And there's so many books out there. I mean, he's not the only one, but there's so much information out there now, knowing that when you work with the body, you can un... I'm going to say this. When you work with the body, you can release the stress and the tension. Yes. And then you get to move about your day, but there's a release that releases crying people. I need you to understand mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. you can't heal unless there's been some kind of release of some sort. And so, um, as a therapist, when I see people doing that ugly cry, I know that's the first step that they started to heal. And yeah. when we get to that point, that's a good but you don't have to do it through therapy. You can do it through somatic experiencing through what you were just talking about, Ralphing. And then there's a bunch of other ways to do it. You know, breath work can create, evoke the same emotion. That's why some people do breath work for the first time, like Wim Hof breath work. Mm -hmm. They start crying and they're like, why am I crying? And it's like, it's okay because you just released something. You went from that trauma response up to the stress response. So now let's get you to do something in that stress. I should say, got you out of the stress response. And now you're able to connect. Yes. yes. And you're looking for that connection because when you're in stress and trauma responses, you are not looking for a connection. You're looking for protection.
0: Mm. Well, the reason I brought up the Rolfing is because I went through, they call it like a Rolfing 10 series, if you're going to go through, it's like top to bottom, they do this body work on you, right? Um, So I had done little bits of it for just like some tension in my legs or whatever, because I was really into CrossFit back then. And so I was like frustrated that I didn't have mobility that I was looking for. So that's what sent me in that direction. And then I ended up meeting this woman that was a rolfer worked on my hips and my legs for tension. But then she was like, you know, I think you need a 10 series. And I was like, sure, sign me up. I'll do whatever. Not thinking it was going to be any sort of profound experience. Right. And she got to this one section of my body. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance, by the way, like I'm pretty sure I do. Um, I started like ugly crying and it Mm. was not painful but it was like, I couldn't control it. And I was like, what on earth is happening to me right now? And luckily she was informed and able to say like, you know, this is probably because of something like this that happened in your childhood. And we just kind of talked about it. I explored a little bit more and, you know, felt better later with my parents. But what the point being, it was like, this physical response I had no control over. And I was, I was so confused. <laughs> yes. It's scary, right?
1: It can yes. be scary. Cause you're like, I have no control over my body right now. Yeah, but, You know, I just recently posted something about how crying is your body's way of allowing you to get unstuck. So you can start to live a life of longevity.
0: Totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, body's I response notice- just yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if, okay, so I noticed with my small children, they are six and eight years old, less now with the eight year old, um, cause she's a little older, I guess, but when they were both younger and like toddler aged, I could see it was like they were a pot of water almost about to come to a boil because you know, Mm -hmm. toddlers are frustrated if they can't vocalize what they need or express what is going on with them. And it was like, I knew they just needed to cry to like, let it go. And so instead of trying to be like, you know, okay, calm down or whatever, it was like, let it, let it rip basically. And the minute they would cry, it was like the release happened and it was over. Mm -hmm. So I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. And I'm like, why do we not do that more? You know, it's like you try to hold it in all the time, but it doesn't go anywhere. It just sits in there. So I love that you posted about that. I saw that too. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, I know that. (laughs) But then I'm also like, wait, I haven't cried lately. I don't know if I need to like do something here to like let some stuff go, you know? (laughs)
1: You know, and this is where I kind of get upset with the mental health field at sometimes where I'm like, we don't need to pathologize everything. Like I haven't cried. So is there something wrong? no, there may not be anything wrong. Let's not look for it. Let's embrace this moment in time where you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Because life is cyclical. We know this life happens. It ebbs and flows. And, you know, I think that's also something I know for me, especially at the height of my burnout, even recovering when I would have these good moments, (laughs) I would be sitting here saying, and uh, shoe's going to be dropping any minute now. Where is it? And then I'd start looking for things, right? And that's even more stressful. And then we mm-hmm. put ourselves in a deeper stress situation.
0: For no reason. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then um, I'd love to bring this back to some beauty professionals. And uh, you. so you said you spoke recently at some events and you're going to speak some more um, to my industry, which I love. What is, when you go to speak at these events, what's the kind of main purpose or main goal or focus that you give to beauty professionals? Because we serve people. I'm sure it has something to do with maybe boundaries or give me give me your no, skill. No,
1: it's actually um, all about you. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily about others um, because back up, I used to want to be a hairdresser. I thought that was my life plan was to oh. be a hairdresser. And that's usually how I start my talks, you know, and I say, you know, I grew up my aunt She was a hairdresser. So I grew up being her guinea pig. So whenever she go away to conferences, I knew when she came back, that was going to be a new haircut, new color for free. Like I would get so jazzed about it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and then I worked with her for a little bit. She hired me to work her front desk when she was a general manager. And that was the first time I really saw what it was like to see what you guys do in the industry, right? How you go in and out, a chair, someone comes in, sits in the chair, they come out and they leave, right? They come in distressed, they come in upset, they come in like not liking what they're looking like or feeling good about their life, right? They spend a couple of hours with you, you spin them on their way out and they feel refreshed, rejuvenated and feel like Im- they can take on the world. They're mm. empowered,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And my hairdresser, she's like, I'm a therapist You know, I'm like, yeah, you are, totally. And so with that being said, when are you taking care of you? Cause then you go home and I'm pretty sure no one's transitioning like sitting Kumbaya before you walk in the door, right? Everyone's jamming or listening to a podcast on their way home or calling somebody inventing about how bad their day was, or you wouldn't believe what this client did, blah, blah, blah. And then you go walk through the door and you got to pick up with the pace right where you left off with no reprieve. Right. And then mm-hmm. by the time everyone goes to bed at night, you're like, Oh, just give me that glass of wine. I just want a glass of wine, sit on the couch and do nothing. Right. Right. When are you slowing down to just be with you? How do you do that? And where are you doing that, right? And so a lot of my talks are geared towards how to set up the salon so that you can create an environment where the hairdressers have moments to slow down. And then, and it's not like five minute breaks, it's one minute breaks or less, right? Little things that you can do throughout the day that add up that give you energy that's help you sustain because you know i used to say productivity but i also think it's living a life of contentment you have to have habits rituals and routines that allow you to rest and then show up and do the doing with sustainability mm-hmm. right and so it's teaching those little habits and rituals and routines you know when i go over sleep habits and in the moment habits and then over long periods of time habits on how to help regulate that nervous system and then I give you resources so if you go in the trauma response what to do but more importantly we talk about compassion fatigue because it's not about it is about boundaries mm-hmm. when you were there in the chair like you have your client in the chair in front of you you don't know what they're going to say you have no idea of what each client is going to say to you when they come in and over this pandemic right in my opinion you guys have had to hold so much space for so many things that i know for a fact they're telling you but they wouldn't tell a therapist absolutely and they should be telling a therapist right mm-hmm. and so where's your training for that mhm i mean i had 3 years plus 3000 hours afterwards on how to hold space and i work with traumatized clients day in and day out type of thing <laughs> right so where's your training and it's not that you don't know what you're doing it's more Where's your training for self-care and how to handle things when you're hearing them? And you have to keep a straight face. Meanwhile, still be doing what you need to be doing and not snip when you're not supposed to be snipping and you can, yes. right? And then you have to laugh on cue. So it's a <laughs> lot of energy.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what we talk about that's wonderful so can you give us like a little um a little sneak peek into some of the small spaces during the day that you would suggest people like hold space for themselves or find a a moment of reprieve
1: if the salons are able to um have a room that has low lighting Mm. so you know like if that can be back storage area dub a quiet room because when you're in the salon right you have all these Highlights, yes. everything's music's blaring, yeah. jumping right, and yeah, don't get me wrong, it's great music, right? But at the same time, you need little to no stimulation and you need low lights. If you can have soothing music, think Reiki music, spa music, have that playing, and where someone can just go in there and take some deep breaths. It's silly, it's something you just want me to breathe. Yeah, I really just want you to breathe. That's what I'm really looking for, and you can. And you can remind yourself in that moment, you can say, this is more of a mantra thing where you can say, I am safe. That is not my life. I am okay. I'm going to send them my thoughts, my prayers, what have you, but I am okay. I am safe. I am calm. And you can imagine when you're taking a deep breath in, it's peace. And then imagine it traveling through your body because that visualization of travel and seeing the peace travel through your body works because your brain can't tell the difference between real and perceived. So you can Mm. imagine the peace coming in and then when you blow out, blow out those stressors, blow out all the stuff that was just talked about that you don't want to carry with you and blow it out. And those little things matter. You can do that when you're going to the bathroom. When you're washing your hands because every time you wash your hands you wash your hands quite often just imagine that piece
0: yeah i'm gonna try to do that instead of singing the abcs a couple times in a row like (laughs) i do now because that's how i train my children to wash their hands you know right Like i'll clear that out of my mind and get some some cleansing breaths instead (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's so cool. You know, it makes me think of like every time I've gone to a yoga class, um, which I really enjoy yoga. I don't do it as often as I would like to do it. Uh, but I've gone through phases of my life where I've gone often. And when you first, when I first went some of the breathing stuff where they're like, you know, yeah, breathe in like the good cleansing energy and out with the bad, I'm kind of like, yada, 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 but like, I swear it works too. And that's interesting that you said it's because your brain can't tell the difference. So I'm like, hmm, that's fascinating. And I guess those yoga yogis know what they're doing, you know? <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, you can, just like you can lie to yourself and stress yourself out more, mm-hmm. you can talk yourself into being healthy. You can talk yourself into being calm. It's not self-reflecting. I need to highlight that because people are like, well, I want to know why I was upset. I'm like, that's not the time to be figuring out what the trigger was. That is, you'll not be able to figure that out because you'll lie to yourself and you'll make up all these scenarios and these stories as to why it was. You got to wait till you're calm because you got to have a calm brain to truly Mm self-reflect. And that is why I also want to say, you know, I'm on this mission about traditional talk therapy. With traditional talk therapy, we don't incorporate the body piece, right? And the body piece needs to be able to be incorporated so you can have a calm mind.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And that was the purpose of therapy, was to be able to self-reflect. You can't self-reflect if you got a disrupt, dysregulated nervous system and a busy brain. You have to know how to calm the brain down so you can actually self-reflect and not either lie to yourself or deny things or rationalize things away. Because let me tell you, in the height of my burnout, I was the queen of rationalizing things out. I could rationalize anything. I can talk myself up into a tizzy and I could talk myself out of it too and that's what we do as humans
0: right absolutely and as hairstylists like you know the the deeper i dig into this career it's so unique right like we we need to be so empathetic and cerebral and creative and all these things all at one time there's not anything else i can think of that's really like this like even with a a therapist like your function in that moment is to help them and understand their brain and their body or whatever it may be but you're not also doing this like artistic technical task at the same time so your brain is like focused on that one thing whereas we are like taking in this um emotional information and then trying to put out creative it's so weird and interesting and i just had to say that out loud i'm like i i can't think of anything else that's like it nope i'm like (laughs)
1: Nope. No, uh-huh. I mean, each job, each career has its own unique challenges, right? But yes. you are bringing up some really great points about what you have to do in your industry. And I, I can't, I just keep going back to, you have to keep smiling and they're dropping this huge bombshell on you that should have been set in a therapist office. And you're like, don't mess up. I cannot mess up. Like I have to wait. No, hold on. What?
0: Yeah. Like, I don't want to make their situation worse by making them hate their hair. So, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Okay. So now I'm curious, you're doing talks and you're going to events and speaking on stages. Do you do anything else um, in your like education space or do you have content that's like deliverable to people via digital products or anything like that?
1: So currently, um, I am probably the worst entrepreneur on earth at this moment. Um, I'm going to own that. <laughs> and I it's pretty much speaking. Um, I do the social media. So you can follow me on The Burnout Professor. And I try to put out some really valuable content in that sense of like step-by-step stuff or like theoretical things so people understand what's going on. Um, and then most importantly, relatable stuff. Uh, but No. I have nothing else. I mean, you. I have my newsletter, um, mm-hmm. but other than that, no.
0: I almost could see you doing a podcast because I feel like a lot of what, what you're saying is resonating with me and it's like the way you deliver it. I could see a speaking event being really powerful and I, I almost could see you doing something where you're like helping a hairstylist on the podcast, like through a situation or a traumatic event or a a traumatic client experience and just, you know, going through that talk with them in a way, I feel like that would resonate with a lot of people.
1: I think I need to start listening to people because you're not the first one to
0: tell me this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the universe, God is like, when are you going to pay attention, Erica? Like, yeah,
0: yeah yeah no i truly i i I do think so i feel like that would be something i would listen to also because it's really relevant and um you know i feel connected to that so okay all right i'm
1: gonna put that in my head i'm gonna yeah, they on it and we're going to figure out how to make. Well, this if
0: you need any help setting up a podcast or anything like that, let me know. I'd be more than happy to help you. Um, spoiler alert. It's really not that difficult. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's if you can figure out how to work a computer a little bit, you can figure it out.
1: OK, yeah. good to know. So all right. Mm-hmm. Might take mm-hmm. you up on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. OK, so then um, for the meantime, if there's anyone that wants to hear you speak, Uh, You have, you said there was a, is it Milady that you have an event coming up that you're speaking at? Is there anything else you have in the books or anywhere people can find you?
1: Yes. um, In October, I'll be in Scottsdale, Arizona with Strategies for Biz. And they're all about the salon and hairstylists as well. And I do believe they still have spots open. And I think they're doing early bird tickets at this time. So I'm the keynote speaker for that. And um I told you about Houston. Houston's mm-hmm. um, being put on by, a, I think it's AACS, and then it's for the education
0: um, folks and everybody okay. that works through that. Um, I'll but- make sure to get any of these links from you too, and we'll have them Absolutely. posted in the show notes for anyone that wants to listen. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I'm almost like inspired to put up like a retreat or something for hairstylists and have you be one of the keynote speakers for that too. Like how wonderful would that be to have like an, you know, all encompassing physical mind body experience for hairstylists. Mm. Let's make that happen. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, this is seriously a pleasure. Uh, what you're doing is really, really fascinating to me. And I think If we can get you on the right platform, you're going to reach so many people. I mean, you're already reaching a bunch of people, obviously, but like, I feel like this is going to be something that hairstylists are going to listen to and be like, holy shit, you know, (laughs) pardon me, but like, whoa, you know, how can we not feel connected to what you're saying? It's just, Mm. it's impactful. So I'm very excited to see where you go with this. And I thank you for taking the time to be on here today to talk to me. It's been great.
1: Thank you for having me and thank you for those kind words and that warmed my heart. And, you know, like I said, hairdress, I don't think I said this explicitly, but hairdressers and anybody in the beauty industry is near and dear to my heart. There is a passion here for that. And um, so thank you for having me and thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening.
0: Right. I'm pretty sure everyone has. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will be in touch then. And um, if anyone has any ideas about a retreat location, let me know because we might have to put this together. Yes, please. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, Erica. And I will get all of those tidbits from you to put in the show notes and we will stay connected. Sounds fabulous. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, my friend, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between myself and... The Burnout Professor, and now you probably know what I'm saying when I say we can all relate to that a little bit, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be someone in the beauty industry to um, be able to relate to the idea of burnout with people in our lives. Um, just fascinating content, if you ask me. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in and see if the Burnout Professor would like to actually put together a, a retreat with me, maybe in 2024. We'll see. I have some other people. On I'm thinking about inviting to something like this because I really feel like there's this kind of like deep need for this kind of help in our industry. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. That there's someone like Erica doing it. So anyway, I hope this was wonderful and useful for you like it was for me. And if you know someone that could use this conversation in their life, please share this with them, send them a text message and let them know that this is a great podcast episode that they should listen to, even if they're not in the beauty industry. I think it'll help them. So as always, I like to say thank you for listening and have a wonderful hair day and I'll see you next time, my friend. Okay. Bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you. That's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free.